0: Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, Senior Developer Advocate at GitHub, and Brianna Wu, Executive Director of Rebellion Pack. This particular episode of Rocket is brought to you by no one, which means you're getting it ad-free, which is an experience you should keep in mind because our uh, Rocket Booster subscribers, our boosties, get that every week and they are also getting a bonus segment at the end of the show where we are going to revisit one of our favorite topics movie pass this time with some juicy new sec fueled drama but the rest of you are in for a another delightful show we're talking about amazon's hardware event uh from this week we're also talking about these delicious and powerful new gpus and cpus from nvidia and from amd and then finally we are wrapping up the show uh, by uh talking about the new updates in the chess scandal that is making one making everyone more interested in chess than they have been (laughs) since fervor died down over the queen's gambit uh which was anywhere between two to five years ago by my count I'm, i'm really not sure all right. Well, let's get right into it then. So Amazon had, uh, I think, their, is this their first big hardware event since 2020? Has it been that long? Really? It can't be. That I, That's the last time that they updated uh, their, or that they had a big home security update. But uh, they have a lot of products that they have shown to us. So we're going to walk through uh, what it is that they're offering, starting with a Kindle that has a stylus uh yes. I, the kindle scribe uh so oh. this is a kindle uh. starting at 339 christina you're making excited noises about it i'm so excited uh, 10.2 yeah. inch front lit display and a magnetic stylus uh delicious everyone who is a kindle user is very excited uh the stylus doesn't need to be synced or charged and the whole device the kindle is up for pre-order now so this is this is a big deal for them right they haven't done a stylus before
1: No, no. This is their first time they've ever done a note taking device, and so this is this is going to be a direct compete against Remarkable Two, which is you know um, uh, uh, I think they're Finnish. I don't actually know they're European, um, who uh, spend tons and tons of money on Instagram uh, ads. Uh, I have a Remarkable Two, who you know make a ten point two inch e ink device that has a pen. Um, that is mm-hmm. primarily promoted as note taking, but it's also com- competing with, um, uh, uh, Books, uh who makes the the Note Air and and the Note Air Two and and other e-ink devices with styli. Uh, we've, and we've don't you have them those on the show? Well? I do. I reviewed the <laughs> yeah. and I've, re- I've reviewed those on the show and uh, and Kobo also has. Some sort of, I can't remember what it's called because I'm not part of the Kobo ecosystem, but they also have an e-ink device with a pen. So this is, this is Amazon entering in what has been niche, but established niche territory. Mm-hmm. So, so I am,
2: like, this is by far the thing I'm most excited for from this event. Uh, it takes a lot, like, just because of the privacy concerns to get me, like, hype about an <laughs> Amazon event. That said, I really have some problems with this implementation. Mm. Um, so, I don't know... Like am I just a freak with this with how I I I I use a pen while I read a book like when especially when I'm reading something technical I take notes like on the side of the page or especially as I'm under as I'm reading really technical things I'll go through and I'll underline certain words that I mm-hmm. think are like the key to understanding the sentences because Maybe it's just my brain is broken often, like with uh, like very Unreal 4 documentation. Like, mm-hmm. I have to read it two or three times to really understand stuff. Yeah. Right. So, my problem with the implementation on this is it's not like you can draw in your book. It brings up like a sticky note, as I understand it, that's on the page. And you can write whatever notes you want on your sticky note, but it's not the same as like, Underlining and like drawing and making the book like
0: your and- own. properly
2: annotating, yeah, yeah, and that's what I want.
1: Yeah, so which which fair, I, I would say you can do that to PDF documents, right? So the the way that they'll be able to do PDFs and notes, from what I understand, I mean, we these uh so um, I I have it on good authority that the Verge is talking to someone from Amazon tomorrow to get more details. So hopefully, by the p- time people are listening to this, there will be. Um, more details that will be forthcoming because Amazon is going is I, I know for a fact that they are seeding executives out for interviews with the press. So I'm sure that The Verge and Wired and Good E-Reader and a bunch of other places are going to have people dig into this. Um, the way that it works, at least with the the books and the the Remarkable. So the Remarkable has a pretty terrible e-reader. You can side look. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it 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 does, which is it, it it. In fairness, like they sell it as you know a a note taking device, um, but but it's a pretty terrible e reader. There are some third party ones you can kind of siloed on, but it's it's a not a great experience. It's so freaking expensive, though. Uh, you're not wrong, and they've also introduced a subscription. On top oh, of it, which, which then they tried to make people who bought their stupid expensive thing and waited months during the pandemic and all that stuff. Uh, they tried to be like, oh, you have to get the subscription, too. And everybody freaked out. And we were like, that's not what we signed up for. So <laughs> like, oh, OK, well, you're grandfathered in, but we still want to offer this to other people. And I'm like. Screw you! We want to offer it to them. It's a gift. It's a gift. A <laughs> like, gift and, uh, of, of recurring payments. <laughs> and, and I'm like, if you want to charge for cloud storage, that's fine. But a, I don't need it. B, now you're saying the only way I can use OneNote and and uh, cloud services like I I pay for is if I also pay you a certain amount of money a month. Like honestly, um, go f- yourself. So that's my <laughs> that's my remarkable story. But Books got it. Which uh, <laughs> Books, which is a a uh, more consumer friendly in some ways, there's some stuff they do, which is shady, but I don't care. It doesn't affect me. They are Android based. And so you can install the, uh, Kindle app, um, on it and, and, and read that way. Um, and in the way, but you still can't annotate books, um, like within that app, like that's not possible. You can annotate Mm -hmm. PDFs, right? So, I I totally agree with you, Bree. Like, I think that that would be a nice thing, especially for technical books. I will say my own experiences, I tend to mostly do, like, in the margins and the annotations and that stuff. Gen- generally, it is when I'm reading PDFs. So I'm reading scientific papers or I'm reading, you know, like, like legal documents that I've offloaded or, or something else. Um, it's not so much in, like, novels that I'm reading, but I I do understand that for other people that... Could be a deal breaker, and and who knows, maybe they'll look at um, implementing something else. I do also know, though, there is this challenge when you are doing annotations, which is, and this is true even on the PDF stuff, which is okay. You're adding another layer on top of this. How are how am I then going to get that document that's annotated back to you know um, another device, and and how am I going to ensure that those annotations are visible? It's it's. Uh, not an easy technical problem
2: because it's so different across kindle devices or on your phone like it's certainly a technical challenge
1: yeah right right and that it would be in addition to that it would be like just from like a a, you know even talking about pdfs right so not even getting into like the the kindle format with pdfs you run into the problem and and this is a problem in all of those devices some do these things better than others where like, you almost have, like, a separate layer, which is almost like a separate file where your notes are, and you kind of have to do weird things mm. to sort of combine them together because even though PDF is a really old standard, it wasn't designed for those ways, and the way that different computers and different readers and different implementations of PDF handle things are different. So, you know, it's similar, like, if you sometimes if you sign a document or do something with, like, the preview app on, on the Mac, on some devices... It doesn't always show up, like unless you're really careful about how you save things. So there, I I do understand the technical challenge of annotations, which is probably why they just have it as a separate box. But I, I do agree just with you. Say on nice. That would be nice
2: too. Like I mean, we didn't cover it on this show, but the Twitch stuff this week and their whole decision to uh, basically pay their top creators less. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, there's a whole discussion, I don't want to get into it, but something that was interesting in the blog post was them really breaking down uh, the costs that they have as a company. Now, let's just, be clear, like Twitch made, uh, what was it, $2.1 billion last year, <laughs> so they're, they're not, they can't plead poverty. But that is to say all these costs of streaming and storage, yeah. You know, to us as consumers, it just seems fungible. It's this magical thing that shows up. If you start thinking about the economics of like, yeah, you know, there are times I buy Kindle, Kindle books for like, a dollar, right? right. Which then, is nuts. And, yep. and then they're committing, by the way, it's Daria DeFore's birthday today. Uh, Facebook told me that. Uh, my favorite <laughs> author. Uh, uh, so you think about then Kindle is having to commit to like keeping the storage layer of your yep. book on top of it. I, I'm not, I, I'm not like, uh, uh, I, I, I am, I, I could, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that struggle right? But that's also like a service I would pay more for, right? And it feels like if they're charging $350 for it, you know, like, I mean, I I certainly annotate a certain number of my PDFs, but it's just a habit with reading period. And I mean, I could see myself taking notes in comic books when I do it, (laughs) if I wouldn't destroy it. So this is a feature I want. And I just feel like we've waited so long for this feature to come out. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do it right.
0: Do it right.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I will say, and you're not wrong, and, and maybe we'll we'll find out more about their implementation. Like one of my big questions, I've pre-ordered um a a a thirty-two gigabyte variant, um, which comes with a premium pen. And so I think that's like three hundred and Eighty dollars or something. Um, I will. I will say that what's different about Amazon's versus others. A, we don't know. Like one of the nice things about Remarkable and and especially about Books, I think the Books one is even better, is that it will do really good handwriting uh, conversion for you. So if you're writing a note, mm-hmm. like you can convert it into text, which is awesome. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a thing on the on the you know uh, Kindle Scribe or not. I hope it will be, but I don't know that's Um, interesting so because they haven't announced it but that's definitely something people will be asking i will say though the pricing i know i've seen a lot of people like online kind of like uh, being like outraged by the price the price is really low actually yeah so yeah
0: so the other so the remarkable two uh on their site starts at 279 so i I was looking at a different price earlier when i said that that was extremely expensive i was looking at something way more
1: i I spent over 500 dollars on mine yes and pc
0: mag says uh has it at three ninety nine, so it is right. definitely competitive with the the Kindle Scribe, either more or less, depending on what you're getting with it. Right, uh, the Kobo is, I think, a little bit less, if I'm not incorrect, and then the Books uh, is on the higher end of
1: that. Right, and and I will say, I think the Remarkable now, I think they've lowered the price because they make you get that subscription, the Connect subscription. Yeah, right, and so it- mine was over. Mine was over 500 when I got it. Uh, You you need to get the marker plus, which is $130. So even if you don't, even like with without Oosh. the subscription thing, it's $300 if you don't get a refurb, and then it is $130 for the mark, for the stylus. So that's, you're, you're up to $430. We need to
0: move to the next uh, yes.
1: products, but I, I am
0: curious to follow up with you, Christina, because I think for me, like... I, uh, Everyone who has listened to the show knows that I do hate Amazon. Um, there's nothing about this that would make me want it over something like the Kobo product if I were getting an e-reader. Um, Kobo's yeah, the that digital by the way. that I use. Yeah, so I I kind of... I, I'm curious to know what you think about it when you, when you get to use it. Because yeah. for me, there's nothing... <laughs> That would make me want to, I guess, totally put myself more in Amazon's uh, power.
1: Yeah, I know we have to move on. The only thing else, the only thing I'll say about this is and I don't disagree uh, that, A, I think this is a niche device, but I do think it's priced competitively. B, the one thing I'll say about this, and I think this is actually good for everyone, Amazon's going to nail the UX. The UX on the others are all kind of terrible. Um, and and so Amazon's going to nail the UX, and that is going to force everyone else to get better. So this is still a niche category, but if anything is going to come out that will make this be more than people like me, um, and, and other nerds want to actually buy something like this, because in all honesty, you should just get an iPad. Um, but (laughs) it it, honestly, but like if, 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 if anything is going to take this category out of something super niche into more mainstream, it will be this. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it does and doesn't do and comparing it. But but I, I also think that even if you don't ever want to give Amazon any money, this is – I think it's going to only have an, a positive impact on the other products on the market because they're going to have to compete. Yeah, yeah I think that's
0: fair. Yeah, I've chosen my dark corporate master – it is Apple uh, updates to the uh, studio and the dot So the Echo Studio and the Echo Dot. The Echo Studio will now have a spatial audio processor for better stereo sound and a white colorway, starting at two hundred dollars. Uh, so should
2: the HomePod be nervous? Do we think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, should it? I mean, yeah. I mean, look. I think I think that this is definitely probably. I think Sonos is the ones who are because I don't think Apple cares about HomePod at right, all or anymore. Sonos, right. I was but, but, and I love Sonos, but I do think. Feel like especially the white colorway and some of the other things they announced. I think that yeah, this this is this is coming for Sonos. Uh,
0: the Echo Dot has improved sound quality, and Dot with Clock has improved functionality. It shows uh, artists and song titles now. It also has more responsive touch controls. That one starts at fifty uh, and sixty for the Clock uh, with kids versions of both oh. starting at sixty. Um, Do not, okay. I'm
1: sorry. I got one from my nephew. I don't, I have no apologies. Oh,
2: okay. Um, fair enough. I, but I, I don't wouldn't, off. I, wouldn't.
1: <laughs> I, I damn it. Now me, now I'm doing it. Look what you've done to me. Well, in, in my fairness, like my, my mind was really justified. Yours was too. So it's fine.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, <sighs> good for i okay here's how i feel about these products obviously i would never purchase one or have it in my in my home um amazon i do think kind of owns the normie uh the smart speaker space yeah. as it were like sonos is great obviously um under fire under threat apple has kind of waffled around in this space for a while uh there are obviously other competitors as well but like amazon is the one who kind of made this a household name i guess facebook is there now too but oh and google um
1: google it's it's, a a
0: competitor i think google's
1: actually pretty strong it's the the only your options are you have sonos on the high end then you have um uh you know but your your big one is amazon and then google the the um whatever it's called the the you know google place whatever they're they are i have a couple of them they're they're good Mm-hmm. Um, Google Assistant, that there we go. Their their devices are actually quite good.
2: I'm sticking with HomePod. I have I have like eight of them. I love them. But uh, <laughs>
1: we'll talk about. <laughs> oh the well, you're the one. You're the, the one, one person. You're the yeah. I was gonna say you're the one person who like doesn't actually want to. In, in, which is fine.
2: It's really just an infosec sec thing. That's a hundred percent what it is. I, I just don't want mm-hmm. speakers in my house. If it's, I mean, I trust Apple on that, and I barely and probably shouldn't
0: trust Apple on that.
1: No, <laughs> you know? I don't think you should. I think <laughs> yeah. they're all pretty compliant. Honestly, I would get, I would get a. Well, if I, speaking if it were me, about infosec, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. finish your thought. No, I was just gonna say I would get um like a, a Sonos One without the microphone. Is if if I were really concerned with those things, that's what I would do. For, if mm-hmm. I wanted a wireless mm-hmm. speaker setup.
2: No, no, because it's when I'm in the kitchen, like I'm like, I mean, Siri set a timer for X minutes while I'm cooking or, yeah, I mean, the speaker is a critical part of this and being able to talk to it like you're on the bridge of the enterprise. That's, that's part of the, (laughs) that's part of the experience.
0: I don't know about you, but when I'm in my kitchen, I'm standing there with my AirPods and going, Siri, set a timer for 30 minutes. Siri, Siri. Hey, Siri. Siri, Siri, set a timer for 30. Okay, she finally <laughs> heard she
1: finally, uh, which Also, write
0: re- to every listener.
1: Yeah, sorry to every <laughs> listener. Well, actually, at this point, Siri, I think, is only supposed to recognize your voice. But also, you just proved why no one uses the HomePod because Siri can't do anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There. All yep. right. Speaking of infosec concerns, the ring, spotlight, cam and blink, floodlight cameras. Oh. Also yeah. getting updates. Uh so this was Amazon's home security portion
1: of the event. Yeah. Th- there there is one other big update on the Echoes though, um, especially the Echo Dot. It can now act as an extender yes. for your Yes, yes, Euro. I have that later in my okay. list, actually. Okay. Okay, um, okay. sorry. But, yeah, we can talk- actually, it actually
0: makes sense to talk about it now. Uh the Echo Dots can now function as Eero Extenders, adding a thousand square feet of network coverage to your home. And for Eero Plus customers, there's an internet backup feature supposedly coming later this year, where like if there's a internet outage, uh, it will connect you to a working network something question mark if one exists don't know how that'll work um but yeah i mean i guess if you if you are still with with eero after the sale to amazon like like christina said that is huge the echo dot is the the cheap one that starts Mm -hmm. at fifty dollars so fifty dollars for a thousand square feet of of
1: additional network that is a big deal
2: is the best product on the market in my opinion it's just wonderful
1: yeah, I totally agree. Ear is a really good product for this. Also, I think it's going to come into the fourth generation models too. It's through a software update. So if you already have um, certain um, uh, Echo Dots, they're going to also get support, which is really big. But honestly, this I think also these things are often on sale. Like I got the one for my nephew. I think it was thirty dollars. Wow. So it, this happens frequently. E- you can imagine if you could spend thirty dollars and have a small smart speaker that also is acting as a as a you know extender. Uh, for for your Wi Fi network, that's compelling, especially because yeah, Eero, yeah. Uh, normal you know Euro extenders are expensive. So I I actually say like I get people who have the privacy concerns and whatnot, um, uh, but a lot of people have have made their allegiances where they've made them and and don't have those same things. So they you know in those cases I actually think this is good.
2: It's just my opinion, though. I mean, well, first of all, I'm just glad to see Eero hasn't gone the way of Nest and the support that Uh has gotten. You know, Uh, like for me, Nest is my security cam system, and Google just doesn't support that anymore, and it's really sad. Um, But as far as Eero... You know, I, I feel like there's nothing worse like when you're trying to figure out internet problems and you have like a repeater that is the problem itself. Not to say I've had that problem with Eero, but in the past, that's a hard thing to diagnose, right? When you've got one mm-hmm. repeater down or it's bad or it doesn't connect reliably. You know, and that's why I like spending a little bit more for that era package to get like, I mean, I think I spent a hundred dollars on some of my extension kits, which is definitely on the right. high end, but I mean it's part of a system that really works. Like, would I would I want to trust my, like, internet speed, like, my Zoom calls, my career, like, my PlayStation gaming to, you know, like, a speaker I got on sale from Amazon for $30? I, I don't know <laughs> if I would make that choice, but uh, I'm just glad to see Eero getting something from this whole event.
1: Yeah, there there, there are a couple other things, too, I think you probably have on your list. Um, about the Eero? Uh, yeah. I actually don't. Oh, okay, so real quickly on them, they also are, are introduced a uh, and they're, these are expensive, but a couple of power over Ethernet products for Eero, which is actually huge. And then there's oh. a product which is actually going to go head to head with Ubiquity, which is a fully wired Eero device, kind of for your backhaul. That then you can like basically put in in your closet where your server rack is. Um, if you're like me, um, as someone who <gasps> has considered spending, and I'm not joking, like it, it would be, it would be, you know, in in the um, the, the low four figures um, on um, networking equipment to, to try to do things the right way. And by low four figures, I mean, you know, $2,000. I don't know how much it would cost. Um, I think I could get some of it comped by Ubiquity. I don't know. But the euro uh, option, it's $650, which is expensive, but it's not expensive for this type of device, actually looks pretty decent for power over Ethernet. And so the idea there would be you could have like 10 gigabit like input and two and a half gigabit um, on a couple of the nodes, and then you could use the power over Ethernet devices to actually have, you know, in other rooms um using your your power uh, plugs. um, especially if you're like in a really big house, that would be a much better way of distributing internet and um and potentially even Wi-fi than than doing. Um, you know, a lot of extenders or or multiple router points or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't feel strongly
2: enough to spend two thousand dollars to like save like five of my outlets. I just don't.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> no, well, in this case, well, what I would be doing it would be yeah. like because we have a server in in a closet, and it would be. You know, sure. to, to manage all the routing and whatnot. And and also to be completely clear, it would be completely overkill and completely unnecessary. And mostly just because I want to be like, oh, I have a home lab. Oh. Like it wouldn't actually be a necessity. 100%. There's something
0: about this whole topic that's depressing me so much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I <laughs> talking about Amazon makes me so sad. Um, Blink. Floodlight cameras, Ring Spotlight Cam. Uh, Uh, A smaller focus on home security than there was in 2020 at Amazon's hardware event. Um, The Ring Spotlight Cam has two new models, the Cam Pro and the Cam Plus uh, with uh, motion detection that was initially only, or previously only on their flagship cameras. These have a bunch of different variants. There's battery, there's solar, there's wired, there's uh, plug-in, and the Pro starts at $230 and the Plus at... Two hundred. Meanwhile, uh, Amazon's other like home security line Blink uh, has a wired floodlight camera with twenty six hundred lumen LED lights and 1080p live view two way audio and motion detection. I understand that people need home security but i hate these devices so much. Uh they're also selling a new pan and tilt mount for the uh, mini security camera that they there, which is, you know, another model that is uh existing on the market, a uh, new mount for it if you want it. Um i obvi- I don't, you know, diss on anyone who feels a need to have hardcore home
1: security. It's hard for me to imagine what that's like. <laughs> no, I mean, but I think if you need hardcore home security, you get hardcore home security. I think that these and look, I I will defend people buying Kindles. I have no problem with people getting Euros. I don't have a problem with the Echo and in the and in, in, in the the Alexa line. I I I don't. Um I do have a problem with with any of the Ring products and those I actually think mm-hmm. are dangerous because they can share data with outsiders. And that means that if your neighbor mm-hmm. has them, it could capture some of your information and share it to police who just have to send an email. I think it's messed up. I'm not yeah. a fan of those. I think if you really have serious security concerns, then you call like there are many professional wired uh, wireless, you know, like um, uh, security camera systems that are not by. Um, and, and and in this case, I think Ring was doing this stuff before Amazon even acquired them. So I don't even mm-hmm. like it's not even me being super mad at Amazon here. I think the product is just not a good one. But I do like you. I understand people love these things and uh, and that it is it is what it is.
2: One of the things I learned about when I ran for Congress was uh, asymmetrical discovery, the ability of the police to do uh, asymmetric discovery when they're uh, adjudicating cases. So let's say they are um, trying to prosecute an innocent person in a park, right? Um, they right. can go like subpoena and get every single piece of data that they can because they're, they're the government, right? Like they can spend as much money as they want and they can like get all this information from ring products, which, you know, they have these secret contracts with, let's just be honest about that, right. Um, to, to pull that data and they can assemble a case that like from the facts that, that looks the best for what they want to do in court. You as a private citizen don't have that ability. Now I want to be clear. I have like probably eight ring, uh, eight nest cameras around my property. I do. I mean, I've had crazy people come to my house before. I have no guilt whatsoever about doing that. And when my next-door neighbor got robbed and I had another neighbor fire a gun into a child's house when he was drunk, you better... Believe, sorry. Now I'm doing it. I gave it's that right. footage to police when they asked for it. Right? That's a reasonable thing to do for a neighbor. But the difference is, I had control over that. Right? And to the best of my knowledge, Nest doesn't have like a secret contract with police to uh, to get that without my my permission. But I I think just for the Ring product itself, uh, you know, like I, I heard a I saw a tweet this week about them potentially doing a sh- Show about everything that nest cams have, uh, have, have, have <gasps> like, captured oh, out in yeah. the wild. Yeah. It was terrible. It's like, no. like y'all, this is not like, like, there's stuff here we need to be thinking about, right? So, yep. Um, like,
0: we live yeah. in a freaking dystopia. We do. It, it, it is disgusting to me the degree of. Unconsensual, uh, non-consensual surveillance that happens yeah. because of these cameras. Uh, I and agree. Thank people for having like really smart reasons. <laughs> after my my like general knee-jerk response,
1: I was just going to say. Unfortunately, Bree Nest does provide data to police without a warrant. Oh God!
0: <laughs> Wait, there's got. It's very frustrating. <laughs> We should look into this and see if there is a solution.
2: I, what am I supposed to do? You know, it's like, do Th- That's I the problem. Right. I mean, because yeah, yeah. what cloud like Nest is, it's, already, it's not cheap to use, right? Because you're capturing no. and storing yeah. all this video data right so what am i supposed to do like set up my own server to like record cameras that i set up and then uh make it so i can telnet into it and read the the files while i'm on vacation like this whole thing sucks
0: oh it it sucks a lot uh, there's also, there's a really good podcast episode of the Nice Try podcast with Avery Truffleman. Uh, the first season of that was about the Utopias, but the second season is about objects. And uh, she has an episode about the doorbell uh, that talks uh, extensively about, like, the the ring, basically, and uh how the ways in which it records you without your knowledge and i found it really interesting although i apparently retained nothing of it because you two were both able to express yourselves much more eloquently than me about it uh moving on to another product that i despise Mm -hmm. the halo rise oh my god (laughs) uh this is amazon's no contact sleep tracker Uh, It is a smart uh, clock alarm speaker question mark that sits uh, on your bedside table. It can detect movement and respiratory patterns of the person sleeping closest to it so that it can give you a summary of how you're sleeping and offer you tips every morning about how you can do better. Uh, Doubles as a smart speaker with Alexa compatibility and a sunrise clock as well on sale later this year for $140. Please do not purchase the smart speaker that watches you sleep just just don't freaking do it do either of you have anything to say about
2: this if you had to choose between the phillips vagina speaker that helps you wake up at a certain time every day i put a tweet to that in our in our our show chat Or or the kindle like also help you wake up bedside speaker which of the two would you get simone
0: it's got to be the vagina speaker. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. you know, you choose your evils. That's kind of the theme of this episode. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would also go with that.
0: <laughs> also, I mean, my whole house is Phillips wired with the Hue lights and everything. So I've I've made my allegiance to <laughs> Daddy Phillips. Uh, <laughs> I will take the vagina speaker, please. All right. <laughs> talking about uh Fire TV Cube and Fire TV Omni QLED series TVs. Uh this is uh I think the last thing on my list for the yep. Amazon event. Um and it's pretty basic. I don't have a lot to say about this. Pretty basic upgrades here, the TV Cube has a new processor and HDMI. Uh you can use voice commands for channel switching. And the uh, Alexa Voice Remote Pro has a finder feature on it as well. So if you lose it, it'll make sounds to yell at you and tell you, hey, here I am. Uh, the Fire TV Omni QLED series, these are two new models of TV in 65 and 75 inches. But instead of um, just writing 65 and 75 inches, I put dollar signs in my notes. So I don't know why I did that because it's definitely more than that um, for a TV that big. <laughs> um, it's75 dollar inches. Maybe it's 75 dollars <laughs> yeah. an inch. <laughs> it's not. Um, anyway, I, I I don't know about do you either of you have feelings about, I guess that uh, the particular TV quality? For the QLED series,
1: look, look—it's a good price. They're going after um, Samsung's Frame series directly, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that LG is is doing—you know—they're they're probably the the best uh, person in kind of the uh, the QLED range right now. But um, yeah, they're they're going after uh, Samsung with a frame. And um, look, all of your TVs are going to spy on you to some extent. That's just how it works. If you don't want them to do that, then don't log onto the internet with them. It is what it is. But all of them do. Uh, and then as soon as you connect, whether it's an Apple TV or another device, because Apple TV is absolutely phone home too, and they phone home for the third-party apps. So you're all of your your stuff is going back to someone somewhere. Um, I I think that these are competitively priced. You know, like I I don't really have any strong opinions of them. I don't I don't really like the Amazon TV interface that much personally, but, yeah. I, I, but I I mean I but but I, I I think I like it better than the Roku interface. So I'd get this over a Roku, but I don't know. I mean, I think what's interesting here is that they've never gone to kind of the mid-range um, mm-hmm. TVs before. Like, it's always been the low-end, and now you're getting into the $800 and $1,000 $1, territory, and that's $1,100 territory, which, again, is I call it mid-range. It's not high, um, which is interesting. So that's that's actually going to offer, like, competition to, you know, the more historical, like, big-name players and TVs, you know, Sony, Samsung, LG, as opposed to the ones who sell the most units, Hisense, TCL... Um, uh, and, uh, you know, other, uh, Chinese companies whose names I can't think of.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't hook your TV up to the internet. It's going to ask you to do that. You don't have to give them your Wi-Fi password. Your TV doesn't need to know that information.
0: <laughs> That's what your PlayStation is for. Yeah, exactly. No, it's,
2: uh, you know, I always feel like with this TV stuff, like there's literally no feature a television is ever going to come out with that I care about more the milliseconds of delay for gaming, there's just literally nothing I care about there. it could be Sony, it could be LG, it could be Samsung. I I just flat out don't care. And I mean, if if Amazon is getting into this space and they can uh, put out something like with low latency, I'd sure look at it, but I, I, I I just want to be honest. Like I feel like TV is really a product where you get what you pay for, right? Like if you pay thousand mm-hmm. dollars, generally Sony, Samsung. I mean, you're getting a thousand dollar product. Like you, you space when you buy it online, but it's really more about the like kind of figuring out how much you want to spend. Uh, for the the size and the features, rather than oh, I just really love the Amazon interface. Like nobody
1: loves right, the yeah, no, and like, no that's all
0: exactly hooked it. up To an evil ecosystem now, right. so there's <laughs> right. like everyone that you could possibly get every, every
1: single one. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think and, and I think that'll be interesting to see like where these kind of come in because for them to be priced where they are, if they could be competitive with say, if say the eight hundred dollar TV is competitive with a twelve hundred dollar model, and if the eleven hundred model is competitive with a fourteen hundred model. That could be interesting, right? Like that could be interesting. I don't think that any of these have the high re- response rate LGs and a couple of Sonys are the best there. But if these are successful, I definitely, I would be shocked if they didn't get into, the, into that space.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, of, of things that have low latency, <laughs> let's Great move segue. into our second topic of the day, which is these delicious new gpus and cpus so we're going to start off talking about the nvidia rtx 4090 graphics oh. card and the 24080s Ugh. and the 24080s so uh so i'm working off of let's see the digital trends review of this guy uh so they're saying so this this new graphics card can apparently run existing AAA games at 4k with ray tracing and over 100 fps and there's basically no existing games on the market right now that, like, can push it to, to a place where where it's, like, really maxing out the power of the right. graphics card. Uh, they're saying it's twice as fast as the 3090 Ti, potentially four times as fast in certain ray tracing scenarios. But the downsides of that are, obviously, it's a power suck and it is <sighs> extremely expensive which raises the question, uh, with this uh, graphics card specifically, is future-proofing worth it in this case? So can I tell
2: a quick story as yeah, a 3090 owner? Um, I recently had solar panels put on my house. And one of the things they do when they put solar panels on your house is they look at all of your electricity use over time to see if uh, uh, like, you're a good candidate. Because here in Massachusetts, uh, we have a really good thing where... They basically basically buy the solar panels for you, and then they just uh, um, uh, like your electricity bill doesn't change that much, and then the difference is used to pay off the solar panels, and then when they're paid off, you basically get free electricity, which is a fantastic program, right? So they were looking through my entire history, and it was like. Wow, okay, normal bill, normal bill, a little higher. And then literally, Christian, the month that you sent me, my 3090. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Twice as much for the whole house. And he's going, wow, the only person I know that, that uses this much electricity is like this crypto miner over on this. You're like, hi. This, I'm like, oh, hi. And then you can see where I stopped mining because I decided it was unethical. Um, and, and my <laughs> electricity goes back to normal. This mofo uses a lot of power. When you game and the 3090, I've literally never found any game that can't set to the highest settings possible on my 32 inch monitor and had it run at anything less than a hundred frames a second. So, but the thing is like, Christina, this is every time I play it and it's like gorgeous and runs, I'm like Thank God I have a friend like Christina to get this for me. <laughs> and I'm going, should I get Christina to help me get the forty ninety? Because I love my thirty ninety so much. I could have two. I can. Have you could have two. You
1: like, could have two. So I mean, I'm going to tell. Me. I'm going to tell I you to want wait. This okay? Yes. No, I'm going to tell you to wait for 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 a lot of reasons. Okay. And we're, I'm going to also say this for for the when we talk about the CPUs. So here's the thing. You you nailed on the power thing. The thirty ninety is a power suck, especially when you're doing crypto stuff. But even in gaming, like h- gaming hardcore, is not going to be as much. But it, it can take – it can do a lot of power draw. Like I think that it can, you know, um, uh, suck in I think uh, 350 or 400 watts. The 3090 Ti will do um, 450 watts. <laughs> uh, this one can go up to 600 watts. Oh, my God. If you overclock it, which means – which is insane, which means that you're not – you're now not just talking about, okay, well, you know – Am I going to be getting any benefits out of this? And, and as you mentioned, it's not like current games are not running well on your system. They are, right? Uh, the, the the improvements at this point are to the point where I don't know who's going to be able to tell the difference, right? Because you have ray tracing turned on. You have other things. I have a 3080 and I have the 10 gig 3080, right? So I have like the, the um, you're going to have to bleep me here, but I have like the, the version of the 3080 because I have the OG one. I don't have the 12 gig and I don't have the 3080 Ti. And I have no problems doing games in 4K um, or, you know, 1440p. If that's what but i but I play usually in 4K at very high frame rates, and, and I have great results. And, you know, um, uh, most gamers don't have the high-end cards, so most games are not optimized for those high-end things. So in theory, you can do all sorts of stuff. If you're not doing a lot of machine learning and AI stuff, because the, the, the 90 series is essentially um, a professional card, you know, wrapped up for the gamers. I don't, I don't know, you know, what value would be. And even then, like I said, you might need a new power supply, which is crazy. So because if it can go to 600 Watts when overclocked, like that's nuts. So I think I will definitely be on the lookout for you, but there, NVIDIA also has this problem. It's, it's cheaper than like the, like, you know, what, or is in line with what the MSRP was on the on the 3090. And we had to pay more than MSRP for years, but times are different. You can now get a 3090 for a lot less than than unfortunately we paid for years, but you had it for a year, so you were fine. But it's like $1,600. And so NVIDIA has yeah. a ton of other, NVIDIA has a ton of like 3000 series cards available, which are going to be, you know, they're trying to get rid of. So I don't know. I would wait um, and I would see if you really needed it just because the power consumption is so high and that's for the 3090 that can we talk about the 4080 and you're just gonna keep in, get, keep getting better uh yeah yeah go ahead okay so I'm mad about the 4080 stuff because there's a part of me and again I looked at I was like maybe I would get like the the, the 16 gig version or, or whatever it is of, of of the um 4080 but again I think that one's like 1300 bucks and I'm like ah, you know, I don't think that, and I'm saying this, so so listener know that if I'm saying this, <laughs> this really means. Christina something. has a server in her closet. Right. We learned tonight. <laughs> well, it's old. We would like to upgrade it, but anyway, I, you know, never have like a reason to not upgrade stuff. And I'm looking at at the 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 4080 16 gig, and I'm like, okay for what I use my thing for, I don't really think I can justify it, especially not for that amount of money. I'm just being honest, like maybe, you know, wait a year or two and see. And and then at that point prices will go down or, or if there's actually anything that I do that will take advantage of it. But here's where I'm mad at. at Can I ask a
2: quick question? I mean, have you played cyberpunk yet? Because I I mean, that game at max settings, that's, and that's, visually stunning and we've got all that new content coming out for it i mean you know i look at some of these ray tracing numbers that digital foundry like the percentage gains and you know dlss i mean it it could be worth it from my point of view but yeah
1: it, it might be for me and i like cyberpunk a lot but a my experience playing it has been great b i also have a ps5 and an xbox series x so you know i'm in like this weird things where like i don't necessarily for my gaming need like every percentage point of, you know, like power, if if I'm not going to reasonably be able to tell the difference, um, when when it looks really good in 4k, um, as I'm playing it on, on, on my, you know, um, uh, 48 inch, uh, TV, um, (laughs) uh, like, like I, I just, you know, candidly, but, but you're, you're not wrong. I mean, I think that could be the thing, but this is where I'm mad at, uh, the, the 4080, NVIDIA has two of them. They're called, both called 4080s. They are not at all the same card. And in fact, they're not even based on the same die. One of them is really a 4070 and NVIDIA decided to change the name of it so that you can make it seem like, oh, I can get an entry level or I can get, you know, a card for not a, a ton of money. No, that card is 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 nerfed in a lot of ways. It's not the same die system. It's it's way fewer coup de cores. So if you really want the 4080, it, this is going to be so terrible for consumers to figure out like how which, which gig version am I getting, right? Like, they've done this stuff in the past, but I think it's so anti-consumer and I think it's so gross. And I think it's like, just call it the 4070 because that's what it is. Um, it's also really clear, and I think this is the main reason why I'm probably waiting. There's a really big gulf in the CUDA cores between the thir- the 4090 and the, the 16 gig 4080. Like, there's a really big gulf, which means there's going to be a 4080 Ti. And so I don't need oh, a new great. graphics card. So I can wait and, you know that that for, you heard for, for it me. here first folks you can wait let's talk briefly about the
0: amd ryzen 7950x cpu another huge leap in performance pc mags review says the 699 ninety nine dollar ryzen 9 7950x we gotta start I know I complain a lot about whenever a new phone is named like the Pro or the Max yep. or the whatever. We gotta fix CPU <sighs> and GPU we do. names. I need them to start having fun names like Moonlight or um, uh, 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 oh oh Big Sir. <laughs> where i went um i i can't deal i can't do the the strings of numbers with an x on the end anymore that that is the one opinion that i will hold across all technology nothing is allowed to have an x in it i have said this before None of the companies are listening to me. Anyway, fastest CPU you can buy without dipping into server-grade hardware, which Christina might know something about, or AMD's uh, Threadripper series. Which, which Brie has. Yeah. Which Brie has. Well, and no, it's you, going she to be coming s- she's up... She's
1: a second-gen one, but yeah, she's a Threadripper.
0: 24-core. Uh, Against 24 the core. Uh, Intel's Raptor Lake processors, which are coming out later this year. Um, but until those come out and we can compare them, uh, this is where it is at. Uh, Bree, what do you think about the CPU?
2: I think, like, with all of this, I just want to wait and see a, a like, yeah. technical uh, um, teardown of all of it. Like, the, the claims look solid. It's the same story as always. Claims look solid, they're they're making some big ones. I just want to see ours or someone really hash it out and tell us what's what. I I personally don't think I will will end up upgrading, uh, just because for what I do, uh, I've literally with my Threadripper, which again this is like a multi-core like development uh, uh, focused uh, CPU. It's not even a great gaming CPU. Yeah, I'm still never CPU bound with what I do uh, according <laughs> right. to my machine. So. Uh, I, I I'm just gonna wait for a tear down because yeah, that's the
0: impressive thing is that I mean you both do a lot of uh, high intensity computer work and neither of you seem like both of you are saying like we're we're doing fine with the technology that we have yeah. right now we do, we don't see a need to upgrade which is pretty interesting I I'd be curious to know like who is the person who is hitting those walls and needs more power. Um, they probably exist, but I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their job is.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. And what's hard about this too, um, so like the reviews are now out for the 7950 and for the 7600. Um, and then there are a couple other variants there. Uh, the 7950 does really well, and, and the performance things I've seen from Antech and on Gamers Nexus and, and on, on some other sites, like, the numbers do look genuinely good. But the takeaway they've said is, like, yes, the performance reels are real, but how are you actually going to use this, right? A lot of it is synthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, because in addition to that, like, you're going to have to, and, and this is another thing, this is another reason I'm I'm going to wait, um, and I knew this when I got my 5900 I knew that it was the last one on, on the, you know, um, Zen um, 3 platform. And I knew that they were going to be releasing a new, you know, motherboard um, uh, uh, type and, and that there were going to be New requirements coming in, so for me, I'd have to replace my motherboard. I'd have to replace my RAM. Yep. I need to probably get a new power supply because then cool, I maybe yeah. want to get a graphics <sighs> card too. You know, so but a big but, pain in the butt situation. But but, but, but also an expensive situation. So it, additionally, in the, similar to the NVIDIA things, these things are now a lot more power hungry. So like the seventy nine fifty X has a new one hundred and seventy watt TDP. Whereas I think before it was 135 watts, and and even even on the 50 on the 7600 X, which used to be their sweet spot, you know, um, uh, CPU for a lot of gamers and people, that's a higher TDP thing too, which means gamers and people. Wow, so, sorry. But, go on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, like, like I, I just meant, like, most gamers, like the 5600 is uh, the 600 series, like you know, 5600, 7600, uh, 3600. That's been like the sweet spot for a lot of gamers. Um, I, I, I had to switch from saying people because gamers are the ones who really love that thing for its price to performance. It's okay, but I am
0: going to get you canceled on Twitter for saying that gamers aren't people.
1: Yeah, that that's fair. That's yeah. completely fair. But the but the problem is is we don't even know what the motherboard prices are going to be yet. Um, Gamers Nexus said that you know in the three hundreds is where they are starting at least for for what they can tell. We don't know when the the B six fifty, which will be the the lower end stack, when they'll be available. How much? How long it'll be until the cheap motherboards are available? So. If you were going super high-end and buying the $700, you know, um, uh, CPU, fine, but you're also going to need to get, like, probably a five or $600 motherboard. You're also going to need to get um, DDR5 RAM, which is ridiculously priced right now. You might need to get a new power supply. You might as well get a new power Oof. supply because there's a new power supply uh, format. And, and if you're going to upgrade your GPU, you're definitely going to want to have that. So... It's expensive, but even at the lower end, because they do have the um, the the uh, the $300 one available, you're going to be spending as much money on your motherboard as you are on your chip, which I think for most people, again, like I, I'm with Bree, like I'm kind of in a wait and see mode. Okay, so now I have to buy a new motherboard. I have to buy a new RAM. I might have to get a new power supply. So, so basically,
0: if you have a computer that works right now and maybe that was recently updated... No reason to, to hop on the old vendor and purchase well, new CPUs. It's, it's like
2: both Christina and I spent an ungodly mach- amount on our machines. I mean, I think yeah. my machine, I, I got a new monitor and keyboard and everything at the same time, but I, I think I spent like close to you know, like. everything all counted. So, yeah, and I I, I was at like
1: 3,000. Yeah. yeah,
2: So, like, after what, a year and a half, like, I don't need Mm -hmm. to upgrade, y'all.
0: I just don't. Same. (laughs) Same. Well, let's move on to our uh, dessert of the day, following up on the ongoing chess scandal. So uh, last week we summarized this basically in a chess tournament earlier this month. uh, Longtime champion Magnus Carlsen uh, lost to a 19-year-old American. uh, And then in their next match at the, let me check the name of this Tournament had his very silly name, Julius Bear Generation Cup. Uh, they uh, they had a rematch. Uh, Neiman played one move, Carlson played one move, and then Carlson suddenly resigned. Um, and had like put out a very uh, vague statement, um, that implied, as many many people assumed, uh, that Neiman, the young 19 year old American, was cheating. At the time when we talked about it, we were like, Well, this is. whether he's cheating or not, it's kind of shifty that Carlson isn't just coming out and saying it, and Chess.com has banned him, and they're also not saying that he's he was cheating now, but they've banned him anyway. Like, what is going on? Now things have changed. Carlson has officially accused Neiman of cheating. On Twitter, he said he believes that Neiman has cheated more more than previously thought and more recently than he has publicly admitted. Uh, as we mentioned last week, uh, Neiman did admit to cheating when he was 13 and 16 respectively, but said, Oh, I never cheat in like tournaments where there's money on the line. Um, chess.com said it sent detailed evidence to Neiman uh, showing that he did in fact cheat recently. Um, and after dropping out of that match with Neiman, Carlson went on to win the Julius bear generation cup. Um, and it was uh, the day after he won that he dropped his bombshell statement on Twitter. Uh, among the previous remarks that he made in the statement, he said that Neiman's, prog- what he looked at, the re- the reasons that he felt that Neiman was cheating, even though he doesn't have proof, are that it felt like Neiman wasn't focused during the game that they were playing. Like during key moments, it didn't feel like he was concentrating on the game in the way that one would if you were thinking what can I like thinking ahead about the next move and the next move, et cetera, in the end game? Um, and also that Neiman's progression uh, in statistics, like on chess.com, was uneven. Like he had made big gains in rank without that, that gain necessarily making sense. Meanwhile, Motherboard today dropped a. Uh, Incredible related story uh, that implies that the cheating scandal, as many of the, the people in the chess world are kind of saying in quotes... It runs deeper and more nefariously than than previously thought by us normies who are not immersed in the scandalous world of chess. Uh, as revealed by Motherboard, one of Hans Niemann's coaches, Maxime uh was revealed to have been banned from Chess.com in 2017 and in 2020 for cheating in tournaments. Uh, they reviewed emails between uh, Delugi, the, ch- the coach, and Chess.com. Chess.com banned him, and he was like but why, why have you done such a thing? And they were like, bro, you're cheating. And then uh, he went on to detail, like, yes, my, my students were watching my matches and shouting out moves. Um, and he suspected one of his students was using AI to feed him moves. Uh, this guy runs a chess school in Manhattan in Connecticut, I believe, that offers uh, hour-long private lessons for $250 an hour. Uh, previously, I, I think the reason that Motherboard started looking into this guy is that Carlson had mentioned him in another, yet another cryptic statement from this guy before he before he stopped making cryptic statements and said things in plain speak. Uh, that statement was. Uh, when, when asked about Neiman cheating, he said, unfortunately, I cannot particularly speak on that. But, you know, people can draw their own conclusion, and they certainly have. I have to say, I'm very impressed by Neiman's play, and I think his mentor, Maxime Delugi, must be doing a great job. And people seized on that and were like, why, why is he mentioning him in that way? Um, and lo and behold... Uh, previously, uh, this is, it, it's all tied together. Like, uh, no one is implying that, uh, Neiman is the student who was feeding him moves with AI, but Delugi used Neiman as basically a marketing tool on, like on Facebook, he's makes posts praising his progress and saying like, oh, and I suggested that he think more about the end game in this way and look at how he has now improved due to my coaching. And it turns out both of these people, well, okay, Delugi definitely, cheated in tournaments uh neiman has now been formally accused by several parties of cheating so that that is the, my summary of the latest drama in the world of chess <laughs> do we feel more secure in in thinking as a as a podcast that Neiman probably cheated.
2: Do I need to say I was wrong? Is that or does the words you want to hear from me? Simone? I, I, I don't.
0: I don't think that you were wrong. I think that you were being concerned about publicly accusing a 19-year-old of cheating. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> In I the was, world of chess. I was.
2: I think the odds are I was wrong. I. I just. You know. I have frequently regretted shooting my mouth off. I've never once regretted being more thoughtful with my words sure. and that was yeah. the, the side I was erring on. But, uh, you know, with this coming out, um, it, it certainly looks very, very damning. Um, I, I, do have to say to a certain extent, I think this is on the chess tournaments themselves. If they oh, have yeah. not figured out a way like, like, um, you know, for speed running, um, something we do, cause you could easily fake a speed run is we make it, so you have to see the controller, uh, like your fingers on the controller, especially if mm. you have any history of cheating. And then we match that video up with, uh, you know, what happens after the fact. Uh, I, I don't know why they can't have, like, a better system to figure out what you're looking at on screen. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I regret giving this child the benefit of the doubt. <laughs>
0: I don't think you should regret it, though, because I I feel like we are not wrong, and by we I mean me and Brianna, I guess, (laughs) in feeling that while it's very exciting to talk about the the fact that there were very high-profile people in the chess community saying vague things about him and not necessarily backing it up – It it did feel weird to me, and I I think regardless of whether or not he actually cheated, it would be wrong to, you know, jump to a conclusion there, especially for us who are not in the world of chess. We don't, like, have an expertise in how cheating happens and how common it is. And what we're learning now from all of these people within the chess world... Like talking to Motherboard and stuff is like they feel that there is a widespread problem with cheating in chess. Right. And that I think changes the conversation a bit. Uh, There's new information.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I, I don't think you guys should feel bad either. I mean, it, it, there's still nothing has been conclusively proven. I mean, in fact, most of the tweets and, and quote tweets when um, uh, the, the the champion made his statement where he came forward and was like, "Yeah, I think there's cheating involved," and he even kind of gave himself some wiggle room. But most of the responses were dunking on him. They're like, "You just can't accept that you lost, and you're mm-hmm. a bad loser," and this and that. Look, I think both things can be right. I think that somebody could maybe have a really hard time um, losing. But I also think that this is one of those things that is going to be difficult to prove in any scenario, uh, one way or another. But I think it's especially mm-hmm. going to be difficult if you don't have concrete proof. And and um, I, I don't think either of you guys were wrong to give them the benefit of the doubt. I would have been more open to that, like I said last week, if I hadn't seen so many similar things in the poker community, mm-hmm. where there was stuff that you would not think was possible was. And if if I didn't have so little faith in the chess community, actually policing itself, and I didn't know all the intricacies of any of this. I want to be clear: I'm not part of that community. I don't play chess. I don't really care about chess. But from everything I've read and seen, and even from the beginning, it didn't seem like this was something that they take seriously. And now, reporting is coming out that says, "Yeah, this is probably an ongoing problem," and and that makes sense to me because this is a uh, uh, you know uh, um, a a hobby. I don't think it's a sport. I don't know what what, what the term would be, but this this is a, a competition. This is a, a thing that people do that has only recently really become popular online um in terms of competition. And it's also one of those things where it's been very recent, where the AI stuff has become good enough that you could conceivably then cheat, right? Like this is this is like the last decade thing, right? This is not something that historically would happen. So I think that. This is as an institution, chess probably hasn't thought a lot about it. A because it used to be a much you know more the demographic of people that would play chess was insular. Yes, thank you. It's much more insular demographic. It's widened up a lot, which is great. Uh, because of things like Queen's Gambit, but even before that, right? And and online does a lot to do with that. But when that happens, I think that also means look, if you have an opportunity to cheat, people will will do it. Um, we still don't have any conclusive proof, but we certainly show that this kid, I, I felt pretty strongly last week. And I, I I do like feel like I'm not feeling vindicated on anything, but I felt strongly last week that if he cheated on those things, I didn't believe him when he said that that's the only time he did it I, I, mm-hmm. at all. that That absolutely didn't make sense to me. And so to me, from that level alone, I'm like, I don't trust anything you're saying. Whether you mm-hmm. won legitimately or not, I don't trust anything you're saying. And I also don't think that somebody who has been admitting to cheating should be able to play in those levels of competition regardless, right? Like, that doesn't that doesn't mean yeah. that the other guy isn't a bad loser uh, or a sore sport. But I also do have some compassion for the, the, you know, reigning champion guy because even if you agree that he's a poor sport, if you see something and it feels wrong, and I think we've all been in these situations, um, I'm sure you've seen it, Bree, with speedrunning. I've seen it in other competitions that I've taken part in. You know someone is cheating. Now, can you prove it 100% if you catch them like red-handed? Sure, but you know something's off. You know that something doesn't um, sit right. So what are you supposed to do? On the one hand, if you sit there and you don't say anything, then you let this person continue to perpetuate this, right? Even more than just a blow to your ego, it hurts other things. Like I think about professional sports a lot. Everybody Mm -hmm. knew that people were using PEDs, right? It was a known thing but it, there was enough protection around, especially the biggest athletes who were doing it, that no one felt they could come forward. And the people that did were vilified and terrible things were being said. So what are you supposed to do if you recognize this stuff? And and I think that he was in a hard position because he's like, I don't have proof, but this didn't feel right. And um, I think that if anything, if you are in the position like he has, where you are like one of the best players of all time that gives you a certain credence to, yeah, actually open your mouth and and speak out. Um, and people might drag you for it. But it's also maybe the only thing that will get this much broader problem looked at. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to both of your points, I totally agree that it is kind of on chess. And I'll, I'll- Push back a little bit on what you said, Christina, about it being a recent thing. The AI advances are definitely a recent thing, but chess is definitely, and also the broadening of it and the popularity. But chess has been, you know, chess was played by mail, chess was played online, like when online started. Sure. Um. So, but but not the in competi- but, certainly. But but yeah.
1: not 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 in like professionally recognized competition. That's a good point. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's I mean, what I meant. I didn't mean that people weren't playing online chess. I meant that it wasn't recognized as like a, a thing that would count. Mm-hmm. Now, now it does.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, but I, I feel like they've they've had time, at least, in, even in non-competitive chess, to look at it and say, uh, there there is a, an existing, uh, the technology could enable people to cheat. Perhaps we should keep an eye on that. Um. All right. Well, hey, what are we up to this week? Brianna, what are you up to?
2: Uh, This week, I am just trying to get through the midterms as best as I can. Uh, I am on very little sleep. I've actually been up since 3 a.m. this morning uh, trying to get a meeting in a different time zone. So uh, just overworked and trying to get through the next uh, two months, basically.
0: Woof. Thank you and Godspeed. Christina, what are you up to?
1: So I am getting ready for a couple of different events. So um, in two weeks, Microsoft Ignite is taking place. Um, It's going to be a hybrid event. So there will be some people in person in Seattle, and then there are going to be people remote doing things all over the world. And it'll, of course, be available virtually to attendees. And I'm going to be one of the hosts um, from the studios in Redmond. So I won't be on site where like, People in person will be, but I'll be kind of manning things in studios um, with uh, with someone else, and then uh, so that's in two weeks. So I'm, I'm getting ready for that, and then um, uh, GitHub Universe is going to be in San Francisco um, on November 9th and 10th. Tickets are available now. If you want to come, as always, Rocket Rules mean that if you say that you listen to Rocket, then drinks are on me. Um, but uh, yeah, so well, I'm also preparing for that. So I'm like basically very busy with a bunch of. You know, developer event stuff. It's Whee! also it's also Hacktoberfest. So there's like a lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh, well, I am gearing up for the Singapore
0: Grand Prix this weekend. Am I doing anything that is otherwise publicly and inre- publicly relevant for my work? No. I am going to be getting up at six o'clock in the morning on Friday to watch cars <laughs> drive in a circle uh, in Singapore, and I'm going to love it.
2: Be sure to celebrate Daria DeFore's birthday, your friend, Daria.
0: Daria, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday to romance author Daria DeFour. Um, you were born only six, maybe seven years ago, but it's been incredible to watch you grow and become the... Happy
1: birthday, Daria DeFour. Happy birthday.
0: <laughs> Facebook,
1: Facebook told me that and I was like, hmm. I hope she's doing well. I hope doing she's doing well. Doing well. <laughs> Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash GitHub. And Brianna?
2: You better follow me. on Brianna Wu on Twitter. You better do it.
0: It's you a better. good Twitter. And you can find me everywhere at Doom Quasar and at youtube.com slash Polygon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you're a boostie, you're about to hear a special segment on MoviePass. Uh, if not, I would still appreciate it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to review podcasts. And I know we're all big fans of reviewing podcasts. So, you know, just pour one out. Pour five stars out for the girls. Um, that's us. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.